this is Kathy Griffin. You're listening to PF Tape Recorder. Hello there, I'm PF, this is my tape recorder. Coming up, our old friend Jimmy Pardo and I get into an impromptu bit, and I don't screw it up. What's going on in Washington? Is this something I should be aware of? <laughs> yeah. Oh, did you hear? Yeah, you know the guy that... No, hosts, what's going on? The guy, he hosts that uh, reality show, what is it, The, um, the Apprentice, where he, he fires people? This guy became, yeah? he became president. No, no, that guy's an entertainer. There's no reason no, anybody should be dumb enough to vote for him. Who did that? As always, a great conversation with Jimmy. We have the song of the week coming up from Mallory Knox, but first, uh, some dumb bits from the archives. First, there was Vanilla Coke. <laughs> then, Pepsi jumped on the bandwagon with Pepsi Vanilla. And now, Pepsi is trying to rip off Coke in an even bigger way. Introducing Pepsi Coke. It's Pepsi with the flavor of Coke. Mmm, I haven't had Pepsi this good since the last time I had a Coke. That's because the can says Pepsi, but the taste says Coke. Wow, Pepsi Coke is awesome. See, some 20-something gulped it down and said it was awesome, so it's gotta be good. And it comes in every possible variety. There's Diet Pepsi Coke 1, Caffeine-Free Pepsi Coke, Caffeine-Free Diet Pepsi Coke, Cherry Pepsi Coke, Lemon Cherry Diet Pepsi Coke Blue, and Caffeine-Free Lemon Cherry Diet Pepsi Coke Blue with Caffeine. Wow, I had no idea the taste of all my favorite Pepsi flavors would taste better with a taste of Coke. Take the Pepsi Coke taste test today and see if you can tell if you're tasting Pepsi or Coke or both. Pepsi Coke. It's the Pepsi name you know with the taste of Coke you love. How many times has this happened to you? I'll be back in a minute. I'm going to the restroom. Hmm. Flounders or snappers? Ooh. Let's try snappers. Sorry, wrong door. If you're a guy or girl on the go, then you know theme restaurant bathroom designations can be misleading. But now you don't ever have to be confused again because you've got the Restroom Thesaurus. The Restroom Thesaurus lists every possible combination of male-female euphemism. Blokes and birds, bantams and hens, shoots and ladders, bobsleds and moguls, endomorphs and gynecomorphs. Yes, the Restroom Thesaurus is your one-stop source for avoiding embarrassing entrances into the wrong bathroom. Seafood restaurants. Oh, let's see. Buoys and gulls, bulkheads and portholes, hornpipes and shanties. Oh, here we go. Flounders are men. All right. Never walk into the wrong restroom again with the Restroom Thesaurus because you don't want to take a shot in the dark. Jimmy Pardo is a stand-up comedian and uh, also one of our oldest and dearest friends here on the podcast. He is based in Los Angeles, where you see him on the television on the Conan O'Brien program, and he tours the country nationally, of course, at comedy clubs and such. Here now is our interview with Jimmy Pardo. All right, how's it going, man? I'm doing uh, very well. How are you? Pardon me. Boy, I'm okay. I'll, I'll be all right. <clears throat> okay. Uh, coming off a uh, podcast-a-thon, which was uh, two weeks ago. Uh, yeah, I guess it was now. It's, uh, boy, the, you know, the build-up to that and all the hard work that goes into it, it just flies by, and then it just seems like it's over. Yeah, I'm um, listening to the, uh, the best of right now uh, on the free feed, and then, um, uh, yeah, I'll be all caught up with my Never Not Funnies at that point. Well, let me tell you this, P.F., you're calling it the best of is unfair to the other 24 guests. That's true. That is a, 
Uh, I don't even want to call it a highlights moment because there are other moments that may be more uh, lit higher than others. You do mention um, that, yeah, that's right. And before you guys even ran uh, those uh, four, uh, those four uh, bits, uh, uh, yeah, you said there was other things you were going to put. Uh, uh, Dave Holmes, I guess, came on, told a hilarious story, and you said, "No, this is this is too good to just give away. Going to get people to." You know, yeah, you got. And, and you know, at the end of the day, the money goes to charity. The right. proceeds go to charity. So, uh, why not? Uh, for once in our careers, be good businessmen <laughs> and hype up uh, uh, what they're missing or why they should buy it. Exactly. Yeah, I still uh, to this day uh, still haven't pulled the trigger on the uh, on the Primo membership because I almost did it last year because I had a, you know had an hour drive to Dayton to work. I worked pretty close to where actually you were performed last time up there at Wiley's. Or to one of the suburbs. Oh, okay. And I thought, oh, this is the perfect time to go with the Primo because you know that's two two-hour episodes. I got a long enough drive, and then I got a job ten minutes from my house. So now I I only listen to Rock Solid and to Never Not Funny the free feed, and then I'm done. I'm 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 backed up again, and it's taken me a month to go through my uh, Never Not Funny is just to get caught up to the where I am now. So it's just it's a it's very well. Tight. Ordinarily, I'd be upset with you, uh, <laughs> but uh, I get it. Um, uh, my wife is also about a month behind, and uh, uh, you know, there's a there's a lot of content, a lot of information yes. to get through. How's that, that sound? That, that sounds great, and a lot, and it's tempting because a lot of the primo guests, Jackie Cation was on once. Love her, friend of the show. Hilarious new album. Well, I'd love to have heard that, and uh, I see them coming into Trump on Facebook and Twitter. Who's on the primo? I'm like, got to find a way to listen to these now. So maybe I'll, I'll, I'll... you got to listen to it. I it's know, a, right? a buck a week. Let's exactly. go. Yeah. Um, the only episode I bailed out on, you'll appreciate this, is the Joe Montaigne episode uh, on the free feed, because uh, it was you were talking to him about you know Chicago, and look, I'm not mad at Joe Montaigne. He's got his show with all his murder porn there on CBS. God bless him. But um, uh, he was. You guys were talking about the Cubs in the World Series, and you said, "Oh, we'll talk more about that." I'm like, N- "Enough, no, I can't do it anymore." And even when. Um, Rich Summer was on, an Indians fan thought, well, at least we'll, con- we'll console Rich about the and he's not even that much of an Indians fan. He roots for them, I guess, but I couldn't take any more Cubs talk. <laughs> Too painful. Well, listen, you missed, uh, I hear what you're saying, but you missed uh, Joe tell a, uh, a great story about uh, watching the final game of the World Series, and uh, uh, he's a, uh, a very kind man, oh, yes. uh, Joe Mantegna. I'm not and, mad at him. Uh, <laughs> that uh, that whole episode was great. You missed, yeah. you missed a lot of good stuff. Oh, maybe I'll go back or download. But I just I cannot hear another Cubs fan talk about that goddamn game. Oh my god! Because as soon as that I, rain, I, like, as soon as that rain started, my wife and I are like, "That's it. That's it. We're done. We're absolutely this is it." Because the momentum was gone. You know, Roger got us back. But and you you have to admit that, that even as as an Indians fan, and while it was neat that the Indians made it as well, yes, that. It was it, it was the Cubs' year. It would have been crazy for them not to win. Disagree. Um, <laughs> and it, 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 uh, it was the best baseball game in the history of baseball. It was. It was. Unfortunately, it just, just didn't turn out as well for us. And uh, as as Kulop said in the in the poll from the previous season, I, I reject your premise. <laughs> um, um, uh, I hear. Uh, I believe that was CC Pleasance, by the way, who said that. Oh, was it? I thought um, it was Kulop. Okay. All right. I, I think it was. I think I think it might have been CC. Okay, um, but uh, I, I, I listen. I, again, uh, you guys, uh, but you guys had at least been to the World Series recently. Yeah. What? Nineteen ninety. Ninety five and ninety seven. That's what I said. Okay. Lost to the Braves. Uh, so uh, yeah. wait, not ninety five. Oh yeah, ninety five. Yeah, You're right. My apologies. Yeah. 
So yeah, I mean, yeah, the Cavs had won, you know, uh, you know the the NBA championship, and that was unbelievable. I can't believe that happened. But uh, still, we got a little greedy, and you know, we we wanted more. And 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 here's the thing, and maybe, and we've discussed this before, I think. And because really, you only follow baseball, but me, I follow you know the four major sports mostly. There's only four teams I root for. There's only four teams I'm ever going to root for. I, I'm, I'm I live in Cincinnati. I I'm not upset when the Reds win. I'm kind of a secondary fan of the Reds, but you know, I'm very tied to my four teams. So I don't care whose story it is. If it's my teams, I want my teams to win. I don't care if it's the Cubs and they haven't won since 1908. It's not my problem. <laughs> it's my team in the World Series. I want them to win. Wow, you're harsh. You're I harsh. Am. I'm hardcore, man. I'm a loyal guy. I'm loyal to my teams and to my family. And that's, you know, and I work for a place, oddly now, a loyalty marketing association at my day job. So I guess that's probably a, a good personality trait to have if you're going to work in that business, I reckon. I guess so. I, you know, I, I was just thinking while you were saying that, if, uh, like, if, it, if the, she was on the foot, it was the White Sox, said, would I uh, have the same view uh, had they lost? Um, and uh, I guess I don't. I guess I don't know the answer to that because uh, the White Sox are winners. So good luck. Yes. What's your next question? <laughs> well, that's true. If it's the White Sox, I mean, had the Cubs not won, and uh, and then let's say they'd come around again, and it was the Cubs and the White Sox in the World Series, you're not rooting for the Cubs. You're a South Side guy. There's no way you're rooting for the Cubs. Of course, no, no, not if it's the Sox against the Cubs. I would root for my squad, but exactly. uh, you know. But I also, if if that was the game, if if it was Game Seven, and it was exactly the exact, if it played out the exact same way, and the Cubs beat the White Sox, I would still walk away and go, you know, I'd be. Uh, I, again, I don't know this because it didn't happen to me. Yeah. But I, I, it's hard not to deny that that we, that we watched the greatest game in the oh, history sure. of baseball. Sure, sure, exactly. We were we were very lucky in that respect. And like I said before, you know, I didn't grow up in a two market town, and I'm always interested to talk to people that that have. And how they really, in most cases, don't care for the other team. Like my nephew-in-law's from New York. He's a Giants fan. Has no time for the Jets. Uh, Andy Kindler, our friend. Big Jets fan. Has little time for the Giants. It always just fascinates me. I'm like, well, I'd, probably growing up, I'd, I probably would have kind of rooted for both. Maybe, maybe not. But in Cleveland, we just never had that option. So. No, you had your team. You know, we had both. You know, obviously the Cubs and Sox. And uh, my brother was a Cub fan. I was a White Sox fan. But I didn't. I, I, I never subscribed to that theory of, uh, you know, you have to hate the other one, which a lot of Chicago fans do on both sides. Uh, you know, Cubs uh, Cubs suck, and some people, you know, they call the Sox the Sox. Um, so, but, but who cares? You know, I, yeah. I don't know. What are you mad at? Clothing? I don't get it. Who cares? <laughs> a buddy of mine is from Scotland, and the two teams in uh, Glasgow, uh, you know, there's two, there's Celtic, and I can't remember what the name of the other team is. Uh, they fell on some hard times and almost went bankrupt, but for the Rangers, I think, is what the other team. And boy, you talk about, it, it's a whole different level over there, man. I mean, you're on the wrong side of town, we're on the wrong jersey. I mean, they will do violence to you. I mean, it used to be that way. Well, look, I, think, I think it's calm down. It's, it's no different in Chicago. Like If you're, yeah. if you're walking around the south side with a Cubs jersey on, you know, you're taking a, a huge risk. I don't want to say you're taking your life in your hands, but, yeah. uh, but maybe you are. I don't know. I mean, I know that... You know, in the past, there's been stories of guys getting jumped on their way to their car because they're wearing the wrong. I mean, it's ridiculous. It is, yeah. And there, there have been some ugly instances in in Cleveland's history. They, um, it after a Cleveland at their Brown Steelers game, uh, people from Pennsylvania got their tires slashed. Unfortunately, these people were from Erie, and they were mostly Browns fans. <laughs> so, well done, Browns fans. <laughs> yeah, idiots. They're idiots. Exactly. Yeah. That's. And I guess that's why it's, you know, sometimes you think about sports, and I guess even entertainment, that's kind of the case, too. It's like, you know, it's, it's easy to get too wrapped up in it. But then again, if you think about what's going on in, in Washington, you're like, well, maybe this is a little better use of my time. At least if I'm wrong, you know, no one gets hurt. <laughs> what's cases. going on in Washington? Is this something I should be aware of? <laughs> yeah. Oh, didn't you hear? 
Yeah, you know the guy that. No, hosts, what's going on? The guy he hosts that a reality show. What is it? The um, The Apprentice, where he, he fires people. This guy became yeah? he became president. No, no, that guy's an entertainer. There's no reason anybody no, would be dumb is, enough to vote for him. Who did that? This that couldn't this, have happened. This was on all the cable news. It was all over the internet. So it was sure. on the news. It was. I'm pretty sure it's true. Yeah. Well, a guy told me about. Are it you still war. talking about it today? It's probably not on the news anymore, though, right? Uh, I don't think so. No one's really talking about it anymore. Okay. No. <laughs> that makes sense. That makes sense. That should blow over quickly. I think so. <laughs> Look well, at that fun scene we just did. I know, right? See, I tried that with Mike Vescio, and I tried to yes and him. He was he said I lived in a compound and and couldn't get over the RTV, and I tried to yes and him, and I couldn't do it, and I just I fucked it all up, and then I felt badly. But that was beautiful. Wow. Yes. Let's isolate well, that. Well, you redeemed yourself. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, uh, what else are you up to? I guess um, are you still working for Conan O'Brien Productions, developing stuff, or of. Yeah, I'm still working. Uh, uh, they were they were nice enough to renew my deal again, um, so I'm uh, still working in development for Conan O'Brien. And you know, it's uh, development's not easy. You know, you you come up with ideas and you bring them to the production company, and then if they like it, they you bring it out to networks, and then you have to hope the network likes it. And so you know, it's a it's a process. And I've been working with uh, many different. Uh, uh, collaborators, uh, different ideas with different people, and just trying to find the one that clicks. And uh, honestly, without going into detail, I thought we, uh, within the last three months, we finally had found the perfect one, uh, only to be met with uh, more resistance, which is annoying as hell. Man, that's that's frustrating because uh, you know it's, it's hard guessing what people want. I suppose too, you know, trying to. It's you know, I, I figured I was just talking uh, to about the oh. oh I, 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 I don't want to say I don't want to throw this person under the bus, but we were talking about how when you go in and pitch and, and the person says to you, uh, you know, there's so much on, the, there's so many, so many channels now and so many shows that, you know, and, and so much junk that, you know, uh, we really have to step our game up. And I, I, this person that we're talking about, like, so this meeting is when you're stepping your game up. This is the one. <laughs> it wasn't, it's not going to be the next meeting. You can't greenlight my project and then badmouth it to the next person. I have to be the guy that it needs to step up, and somehow this doesn't fit what you're doing. It's, uh, it's amazingly frustrating. Well, it's weird, too, because I think nowadays, I was thinking about this the other day, is you really only need to find your audience. I mean, you, you don't have to have you know, 50 million viewers, in, you know, like a, a sitcom back in the you know, 80s and 90s and things like that. You could, you, if you find your audience, you can get some traction. Uh, the, the two fellows you have on with the YouTube channel, um, Rhett and Link, it's not not massive, but they're hugely successful. You know, oh, they're, I, 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 I will even beg to differ with you. I think they're massive. I mean, yes, they're not household names, but they're massive. Yeah, but um, within their audience, and, and which is still huge. And but, they found their audience, and and, exactly. and 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 as I've said on my show, and I've said to them, their audience should be bigger. They're so pigeonholed into people are just thinking that they're for kids uh, yeah. because they, that's what the audience that first gravitated towards them. Uh, but these guys are sharper than that. Had these guys come out of the UCB world, uh, they would be, I think they'd be like as big as, Key, I don't want to say Key and Peele, but they would be yeah. in, in the conversation, certainly. And uh, they, they're they they're doing really funny, good stuff. And uh, and listen, they're, they're doing fine financially and fame-wise, so I don't, yeah. I don't know why I'm feeling bad for these guys, but uh, <laughs> they, uh, they deserve more. I uh, I tagged your fan page in a Facebook post the other day. Uh, apparently, they're they're bringing back Battle of the Network Star, something we discussed uh, a few episodes ago uh, when you were on. And uh, it looks like this thing is it's going to be a thing now. It... I, I, you know, I, to me, 
and, I, and maybe like when we discussed it, to me, the, the joy of that was always kind of the same as the game shows in the 70s, where you never saw the actor do anything but be on his TV show or in his movie. So when you saw him on a oh, game yeah. show being silly, or if you saw my Battle Network stars in a canoe uh, <laughs> going across a swimming pool, it was it was neat to see that. I, I think that, that when we see, I, I, I don't know, is it going to be good? Do we care about seeing these celebrities playing uh, wiffle ball? Yeah, I mean, I guess it's, again, it's a matter of if, you know, it's, it's your audience, because for as, you know, as wildly popular as some shows are, like, you know, I know a lot of people that watch Breaking Bad, I know a lot of people that have never seen Breaking Bad, so maybe seeing Aaron Paul in a canoe going across it would be great for me, my wife could care less, and, and vice versa, what, you know, one of these um, dance moms, that's one of her shows she watched, seeing one of these dance moms, you know, jump over a, a wall or pole vault over something would be great for her, I'd be like, eh, I don't know who this person is, so... Yeah, you're right. Maybe they could run into that that problem. I, I'm wondering. Although then I, you know, when I think about, it, I think you know, the, you know, uh, you know, Hollywood game night. Uh, I guess is you know, is very successful. I don't know if it's very successful, but it seems to be. Um, and Pyramid and all these late night game shows, the primetime game shows. So maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there is a yeah, I want to see a celebrity uh, being silly and having fun again, and the uh, uh, almost the anti TMZ. But you know. What yeah, do I know? Yeah. I'm a guy that was told that we got to step my game up because there's enough boring stuff on TV. <laughs> well, there are people like you and me, Jim. <laughs> yeah, they're just, sure just, they are. They're just, <laughs> they're just like the rest of us. Um, so you know, you're still like you know, you're still out on the road a couple times a year. Uh, but I know it's, it's nice now you get to do the Friday Saturday thing, which is which is sweet. But um, you, you still have a hankering to do that though, even with the success of the podcast and you know the other things you're go- got going on in, in Los Angeles. Uh, you know what it really is, what it boils down to at the end? Well, I do still enjoy doing it. The, the time on stage is great, but it, it's more uh, these days of meeting the people that have been listening to Never Not Funny. So, you know, I, I, I come out and, 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 and maybe even build new fans for Never Not Funny. Um, but, you know, to, to come out and, and do the, you know, to do stand-up dates, it, when the show is over, to meet all the fans and the people that come up and say, you know, I've been listening to Never Not Funny since season one, which, you know, is going on 11 years ago now, which is insanity. Um, uh, so that that's what it's all about for me now. It, it's about getting out there and, uh, yeah, being, you know, doing doing the time on, on stage, but it's really more about meeting these people, which I know it sounds like a really cheeseball thing to say, but that's the truth. Yeah, it's it's strange too because my uh, again my wife she uh, she became a fan even though she doesn't listen to the podcast but now she's very excited that you're coming back to town because you know she loved seeing you live and uh, you know didn't realize that her sense of humor kind of fits in with yours because we're always forever doing that kind of stuff like she messaged me the other day and said I have to work with this person I can't stand named named Mandy and hope Mandy's not listening to this show odds are she's not. <laughs> But um, I, the man, and I go, Mandy, I've never heard you mention that name before. And then I said, Oh yeah, I remember. She came and she gave without uh, taking. And then and and then my wife typed back, and then you sent her away. And so we go forever doing things like that and kind of you know, that little wordplay things. So we enjoy that type of humor. And so it's it's nice. Which is uh, which uh, I stand by is never not entertaining. <laughs> that is never not fun to do, right? I mean, right. Uh, I I just did it this morning. I can't remember what the song was, but I I literally just did it this morning. Uh, yeah, it's funny, and uh, so you can bring in new fans uh, that way too. You know, for people to bring people to the show, obviously, and say, "Oh, you know." I'm hoping to. I mean, uh, uh, you know, you know. Luckily, the stand-up shows are you know nine out of nine and a half out of ten are great, and then there's always the the half or, or the one that you know is a kind of a slog to get through. And 
So, you know, nobody's leaving going, well, that guy kind of, yeah, maybe I'm not everybody's cup of tea. I mean, if I was, that'd be insane. I mean, you know, yeah. there's great comics out there that I don't like, and there's great comics out there that other people don't like, uh, that I love. Um, so I, I, I'm not delusional thinking that everybody should love me, but, you know, I, I, I try to put on a great show, and uh, like I say, I would say nine out of ten are, are, are great, and people leave you going, that was amazing, and uh, so hopefully they'd walk away and go, I want to see more of that guy or hear more of that guy. Yeah, and also, too, you're, you know, you're playing a club where you know, people know comedy. You know, a lot of the places you're going, the, I guess the place in Bloomington, uh, I know you were at Helium out in, in Philly. And, you know, so the, these are clubs where people know comedy and not maybe the chains, and not to denigrate the chains necessarily, but you know, I have a feeling sometimes with the chains you get people that just show, let's go see a comedian. And, you know. I think that, uh, which is why, well, it's, it's mutual. There's a, there's a shift. I, I shy away from the, from the, the, from the chain uh, comedy clubs, and, uh, and they're very comfortable to have me shy away from them. Um, <laughs> they are <laughs> they're not pounding on my door to book me uh, because they're, you know, those, they become venues and not comedy clubs. Um, yeah. And that speaks to what you're talking about, where it's like, hey, do we go bowling or should we go to the comedy club? Right. Uh, whereas the places that I'm lucky enough that, that, uh, to work and that uh, continue to book me are exactly what you just said. These are the comedy clubs where kind of the audiences have been trained um, yeah. to like good comedy, smart comedy. I, 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 I'm speaking for the rest of the lineup, and luckily I'm on, on it. I'm not bragging about myself. Right, right. Um, so that when somebody does come in that might be a little different or a little odd, it's not that jarring to them, and they're, they, they will go with it, and they will enjoy it. And um, if they don't enjoy it, they'll go, well, you know what, maybe maybe the next one's for us. Uh, whereas yeah. I think if you went to one of the chain comedy clubs and you didn't like the guy, you might go, well, that's it for comedy. I knew it was going to be awful. <laughs> it's like uh, Jackie Cation says at opening of her, of her new very brilliant album. Uh, she says, oh, it turns out there's another comic here next week. So if you don't like me, come back next week. <laughs> that's, uh, you know, it's funny. I'd say the exact opposite. I, uh, I threw it about my show. I always go, you guys are lucky I'm here. I've seen the rest of the lineup. This is a bright night to be here. <laughs> that's uh, and that's just personalities. That's just fun stuff. Yep, that that's true. And uh, yeah, like it's also that sense of discovery too. With you know, with the, the you know the clubs like Acme and Go Bananas, that you know maybe you'll you know find someone and or find a, a style of humor that maybe you you know didn't even know about that you know you you, you could uh, take a liking to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you'd hope so. You know, and and again, I think that just uh, the consistency of those clubs booking that type of actor, you know, where the the act doesn't have to have. Um, you know, these amazing movie credits or, you know, these movie or TV stars that are going back on the road to do stand-up, which, uh, and they're not, they're choosing not to do theaters, they're doing clubs. And it's like, you know, of course, of course they sell out. You recognize them from television. And right. then you get there and they go, well, okay, it's just okay. Yeah. You know, and uh, I'd rather see somebody that is working their tail off, uh, you know, and then you're seeing them at the peak of their powers. Like, you got like Chad Daniels, who uh, you know I oh, just yeah. saw up in Portland. Uh, I mean, he's phenomenal. He's phenomenal. Love Chad, right? Yeah, hilarious guy, friend of the show. I, I mean, there's and there's a yeah, and there's a bunch of guys like that out there. I'm not, uh, you know, there's the road guys that nobody will, you know, have ever heard of and may never hear of, but they go out there and they, you know, they they, they push the rock up the hill and they're great. And uh, it, the landscape's kind of changed a little bit in comedy clubs in that way where. Like I say, these movie star and TV stars are kind of coming in and taking the uh, a lot of the weeks away uh, from oh, you know yeah, the journeyman yeah. comic or whatever. Yep. 
so music, real quick, let's just hit on that real quick. What, what do you listen to musically these days? Because you're a big music fan. And uh, actually, you actually were the guy that turned me on to, I think, Scouting for Girls, who my Scottish friend had never heard of, uh, as well as, I think, um, uh, Fratelli's. I was the, you were the first one to tell me about Fratelli's, so, who my daughter loved. Was I really? I, I Boy, I'll tell you this. So. Fratelli's, I couldn't I could listen to them today if you paid me money. Really? Um, yeah, I lost it. You know, that's what seems to be happening with me, sadly, is... I will get really high on somebody uh, and listen to them, and then maybe by their third album, I'm like, nah, I'm out. And I don't know why. I kind of did with uh, did that with the Killers, uh, where I, you know, I, I couldn't get enough of the Killers. I went to their concert. I went by myself because nobody else gave a crap. <laughs> um, and then now, you know, I, I understand that Brandon Flowers' uh, solo album is great, and 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 the Killers are still putting out good music, but I don't care. Um, uh, the ones that ha- the ones that have, uh, still stick around for me are uh, Fitch and the Tantrums and oh, uh, yeah. and and Dawes. Those are the two that uh, of the recent bands that still seem to be uh, doing it for me. Although you know, I did like I, I, I always get their name wrong, so I'm gonna walk over and and look at the album so that I don't. I always mispronounce or not mispronounce. I always say, well, there is a band called Quiet Company that I like. Oh. Okay. Um, that uh, oh the last international was the one I'm thinking about, uh, and I don't know why I always, I don't now I can't even remember what I always get wrong about their name, but uh, they're kind of it's a uh, they're kind of she they do a cover if you if you if you YouTube this they I they do a cover of a I think it's a Zeppelin tune I think it's a uh, yeah babe I'm gonna leave you they do a cover of that uh, that is uh, the video and it, it's haunting it's really really amazing hmm. and what's the name again last international. The Last International, yeah. Okay. Uh, their politics, uh, uh, they're, they're a little Jill Steiny. It, it, it's the best okay. way to put it. All right. Uh-oh. And, uh, you know, it's uh, when somebody is, uh, is all in on Jill Stein, uh, that's, a, that's a tough Facebook uh, page to read. That's a tough Twitter feed. It is, yeah. I have some friends from high school that uh, whew, had, had, had to block some people there at the election. Didn't uh, got, a, got a little crazy. Um, so as a music fan, let me ask you this. Are, I guess you like most big music fans, and I didn't realize I was kind of in the minority on this. You're really an album guy. I mean, you will mostly listen to a whole album, like our friend Pat Francis? Uh, uh, yeah, I guess I, 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 I guess I don't know the answer to that necessarily. I mean, I, you know, I've gone very heavily into, uh, back into vinyl. Yes. Um, so I guess I am, because I do listen, you know, I, I will listen to side one, and then I flip over the album, and then side two, and then because albums now are heavier and thicker, it's taking four, uh, and longer, it's taken uh, two uh, two uh, pieces of vinyl to cover it. So, that was, yes, I guess I am. In a long-winded way, I guess I do uh, listen to the albums more than anything else. Yeah, because I didn't realize until very recently that I'm, I've am i always been more of a, a hit singles guy, and a hit single meaning just songs that I like. And I think that comes from being in radio, where most of my time was spent not li- listening to albums for cuts I could play, but not really sitting through a whole album, because after you do a four-hour radio show, you don't really want to sit down and listen to a whole album after that. So. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, that, that's kind of interesting about you because I as heavily uh, in the music that you are, it's it's hard to, to to think that you just be a charts guy or a singles guy. Yeah, and then and also growing up, I hated everything in the chart, but I listened to American Top Forty every week for the four songs that I liked to see if they would get up the chart. You know, listen to for, for the Fix or ABC or see if one of those guys could dent the top ten, but would hate it otherwise. But there, there was something. You know, we were talking about this recently, but I'm never not funny, and I, and I was talking about it with some family member. 
there was something magical about Casey Kasem's oh, yeah. voice. Yes. And yes. Uh, it was great radio. And I think we were young enough to not know, like, there was also an innocence in us as listeners that we didn't know that he just came in for an hour and read, yeah, yeah. you know, copy off a, uh, you know, we, you literally thought he was sitting there right. for the same four hours you were yep. and, and talking and then listening to the song with you yeah. and, uh, and, and then introducing you to new stuff. There was, there was something magical about it. It was, it was great radio. And even, and, and Pat has mentioned this before, and I'm sure like you're like this too, is, you know. I'll watch a documentary about any band, even a band I don't like. If anybody has information about a band I'm, I don't even care about, I still like the backstory. I still like, you know, I'm always interested in hearing, you know, how bands got together or what inspires them or any of their thoughts on, you know, writing and playing and performing, particularly writing, I guess, because I fancied myself a songwriter at one point. So I like those kind of stories, too. And as, and that's, you got that on American Top 40. You'd always have this, now coming up, a song by a band that gives all their money, puts their money back into the band. That was Duran Duran. Right. Yeah. Uh, my, my favorite one was about Steve Forbert, uh, where uh, with Romeo's Tune. Remember that song? Which which song? Uh, Romeo's Tune by Steve Forbert. No, I don't remember that one. I probably, oh, if dude. I heard it, if I heard it, I would probably. Yeah, that's, know. That, that's my Jimmy Pardo uh, uh, click to pick for you today. Okay. Uh, when we're done, go listen to Romeo's Tune by Steve Forbert. You will love it. All right, sounds good. Uh, but what Casey Case said that what he what he ended up saying about him was. Uh, this next gentleman uh, has decided to decline all interviews. Uh, he says, I'm going to let the music do the talking. <laughs> now, the fact that you didn't know who this guy was yeah. tells you, like, makes me laugh. Like, well, what a mistake that was, Steve Forbert. Maybe you should have done a couple of interviews. <laughs> uh, I had a joke when the whole Casey Kasem thing was where they, they couldn't find his, his body, I guess. His wife had taken it. Right. And, and okay. So I said that they, they uh, or the kids had taken it and hidden it from her. And, uh, and and my joke for a while, which was relevant, was and, and, and this killed at the open mics. I can assure you, uh, they would have got they would have gotten away with it if it weren't for those meddling kids or something like that. Good for you, right? Exactly. Nice piece of business. I know, yeah. And then uh, people connected, and then they said, "Now get off the stage." Um, all right. Well, this, <laughs> that's extreme. It is. Well, like I do stand up like once a year, just to you know, just to kind of appreciate the craft. And to do it, and because I have some it, jokes, I think that work better on stage than on my dumb podcast. But you know, you, you know, I'll throw a couple out every now and then. It's fun, but it's not. It's like that episode of Mash. I was telling to somebody uh, the other day, another comedian, is that the, the episode where Charles helps the guy that injures his hand, and uh, the guy says, "You could have taken my legs. I need my hands. I'm a concert pianist." And he he brings in this music, and he says, "Well, you know, these are just a bunch of pieces that are for the left hand. It's kind of a, a freak show." And Charles says, "No, you you can make music though. I can play. If I can't make music." I can write jokes. I'm not a comedian. I can't tell jokes. You know, I'm not. I, I, I can't. I can't do comedy. At least not in that form. So. Um, I, 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 you know, I never watched Mash, so I'll, I will, uh, I will accept your comparison. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah, the point is that there's there's between making music and playing music. There's a difference right, between going on stage and telling jokes and actually being a comedian and being a humorist. You know, and, and doing and. It's a, I think people don't really recognize. I mean, because if, if you can sing, you can sing, even if you're an amateur. But people will, will be a little more forgiving of letting someone go up on stage and try to tell jokes and think, well, I don't know, is this funny or not? It's, you know, it's a harder thing to, unless you really know the craft, so. But. Uh, do you think, you really think, you think people are more forgiving? I, I don't know about that. I'm not I forgiving, you, but look, you see I, a guy walk up and, on a show and he's doing it and he's not doing well, man. There's a, that's, that's the worst in the world. Well, it depends on the, like, look, I got an open mic, at least at ours, you know, it's a bringer show, certainly. So a lot of people that are, you know, a lot of, a lot of friends in the crowd, because you got to bring at least five okay. to, to go bananas. But, uh, and even at that, though, the rest of the people are usually pretty, 
you know, forgiving if someone is terrible. And I always say everybody has at least one good joke. And it's, I always laugh at the joke that nobody else laughs at, which I always think is kind of weird, too. But everybody has at least one good joke of all the shows I've ever done there. So, You know what? Yeah, I, I think you're right about that, because that one good joke is what they said to their friends, that right. their friends said, you yep. do comedy. So they at least have that one. They have exactly. that anchor. Yep. Well, cool, man. Uh, we'll see you here in Cincinnati in the uh, beginning of April. And, yeah, yeah, April, what, 7 8? Is that what it is, I yes, think? Yes, I believe so, yes. And my lovely wife and I will be there for one of the shows. Uh, Great. To be determined. And then uh, we'll say hi in person. Uh, I look forward to it. Great, man. Thanks for talking to us again. Uh, you have, you have, a great, uh, have a great day. Thanks, man. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks again to Jimmy Pardo for being on the show. You can catch Jimmy doing stand-up. He's uh, here in Cincinnati April 7th and 8th at the famous Go Bananas. Uh, Oh, you might be getting this in time to find out that he is in Chicago, actually in Rosemont there, at Zany's Comedy Club in Rosemont, Illinois, right there. It's out by the airport, I believe, one of the airports. I think it's between the two. He's then in Oklahoma City, Paris, Texas, Austin, Texas, and and then Lexington, Kentucky, May 19th and 20th, Comedy Off-Broadway. How about that? For all of his... uh, his as uh, producer Matt would say, deets and dates, go to jimmypardo.com. Uh, Never Not Funny is doing some live dates as well. Uh, in addition to their regular gig at Flappers there in Burbank, they're going to be in Seattle on April 13th and at the Helium Comedy Club in Philadelphia on April 22nd. And uh, you can get Jimmy's album as well as our friend Jackie Cation's album uh, in, in Freegal. And uh, you folks know I've talked about Freegal before. And uh, I believe uh, those guys get paid. I'm going to double check with Matt on that. I'm going to—he uh, might not even know that a special thing is now available because it depends on who distributes your uh, your recordings, albums, and such uh, determines whether you're available in Freegal. So I'll make sure that that's actually a thing. But in the meantime, you can check him out in Freegal or on Spotify. Same thing with Jackie, who we heard from a couple of weeks ago. Uh, great stuff, funny stuff. If you like to listen to comedy in your vehicle, uh, subscribe to their podcasts, both of them, and also uh, listen to their comedy albums. So we're up to the song of the week. Speaking of listening to things, and uh, the song of the week is from Mallory Knox. They are a uh, alternative band from Britain. They just released their third album, and it's really getting a lot of heat. Uh, the single is doing very well. Better off without you. Getting a lot of play on BBC Radio One. They're kind of like um, you know, like in a lower than Atlantis kind of vein, maybe Biffy Clyro. A little on the rockier side of your alternative rock, if you will. And uh, they were on the Vans Warp Tour back in 2015 here in the U.S. That gives you any idea of kind of, you know, so it's a bit, bit more rocky than, say, the 1975 or even the vaccines for that matter. But um, uh, I'm digging this tune a lot. Uh, this is, uh, you know, nothing fancy here, just straight ahead uh, rock and roll for you. Uh, the song is called, like I said, uh, Better Off Without You. It is Mallory Knox. It is our song of the week on PSJ Recorder. So long and thanks for listening. <laughs> 